0: Typically we focus on selling a product, but today you are the product and we're speaking with Israel's leading recruiter, Hilton Burke. We're gonna learn how to get your first SDR or AE role or get a promotion in the company. With the, starting with the initial outreach, the interview process ultimately closing. This episode is about landing your dream job. One, two, three, get hired. Hilton, thank you for joining us today. We start every conversation, every show with our top three tips. What are
1: some of yours? So first of all, good morning, and thanks very much for uh, having me on your uh, podcast. So my three tips, these are the main tips that I have, is number one, networking. Number two, research and learning. And number three, be positive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, When individuals are looking for jobs now during COVID-19, during this time period, this pandemic, and this is being recorded in November, something like 22, 23, you kind of lose dates at this point, but sometime in November in 2020, right? So maybe when people are going to listen to this, what's what's COVID? Like, we've never heard of COVID, you know? So we are right (laughs) now in the middle of a pandemic. But so tell me a little bit about how does networking look like for, for job seekers during COVID?
1: Okay, so that's a good question. I think I think networking in general, um, you need to be pretty talented. You need to kind of you need to come out of your shell. You need to speak to as many people as possible. You need to get on LinkedIn, find um, industries that interest you, find people in those companies that you might relate to and reach out to them and read some of their articles and say, hey, you know, I just read a recent article of yours was was interesting. I'd love to have a chat with you sometime. You know, even um, now in COVID times, Zoom is – people are connecting on Zoom. So you connect on LinkedIn and say, you know, maybe we could have a quick chat, 10, 15-minute chat on Zoom if you're open to it. I I was very interested in in the article that you wrote. So that's um, what I would suggest. I think also as job seekers, when we're talking about the jobs, in the first wave of COVID back in March, you know there was a lot of uh, balagan, there was uh, a lot of layoffs, there was a lot of halats, companies were going uh, um, out of business, and today, it's actually different. The second wave is actually very, very different. There's a lot of companies that are hiring, much, much more companies that are hiring and a lot of jobs open, but there's not so many uh, qualified people for those positions. So there's like a, a race for some of the positions. Example, SDRs. There are so many SDR positions out there. Um, it's amazing.
0: So when, when you, let, let's, let's, uh, most of speak to individuals for SDR or, or AEs. So let's say I want to go into an SDR position and I identify an individual in a company. Would I? would I try to reach out to the HR person in that company or would I be reaching out to the SDR, VP of sales? Like who am I actually trying to network with as an individual seeking a job?
1: Yeah, okay. So that's also a good question. I think um, when networking and looking for an SDR position, you want to speak to the person that you most relate to. I think the S- the HR is not really the person that uh, you want to reach out to unless they're the person directly um, saying you know, that they're, that they're hiring first of all, go through somebody within the organization in the SDR role. So if there's already SDR people there, then reach out to them and say, hey, I saw you guys are hiring. I'm pretty interested because the best referrals come internally. So if that person could refer you to their HR, it would be phenomenal. That's the best way to do it. And then secondly, if you don't have an option, then obviously go through through the HR. But the first... uh, the first entrance point I would say is actually going to um, a colleague, an SDR colleague, and, and also asking them, what is the position about? How exciting it is, what you know, what's what happens in the company, what is the position about, what am I going to be doing on a day-to-day basis? Do you like this position? Is it something that you would recommend? Uh, because these people are doing it, you know, and, and, and you're gonna be that next person in his or her job. So it's best to speak with them. Awesome. So what do you think a first message would sound like
0: if you're, say, reaching on LinkedIn? Like, for example, somebody wants to come and work for Bring, and I'm, I am just joined Bring, right? So Bring is actively hiring, and they want to find some more talent, so they would would they would reach out to me. What do you think would be an effective first message to reach out to someone like myself who's an SDR? Or probably better, someone who's been in the position for, say, a year in the SDR position, who is who's uh, you know more senior. What would be the first message sound like on LinkedIn?
1: first of all, congratulations on your new job. That's, Thank uh, you. Awesome news. Thank <laughs> Great you. Great company. It. And secondly, you know, w- w- the way I would reach out is something like this. Um, you know, hey, Bob, I saw you in the SDR position at Bring. I'm pretty interested in uh, this position. Um, I'd love to have a quick chat with you um, if you're open to that. A lot of the time, you know, SDR people, sales in general, um, we're willing to talk. People yeah. uh, love talking. We love talking. We should be good at listening, but we love <laughs> talking more. <laughs> so, you know, just reach out. And that's kind of the messaging that I would say is that I'm interested in a position. I'd love to have a chat with you to find out a little bit more about the position. And maybe you can recommend and get a referral bonus from me uh, because the companies usually have referral bonuses. So that's, uh, that's something that will give them incentive to speak to you as well.
0: Okay. So let's let, let just break that down. A little bit. So, the, hi, hi, Alex. You know, I'm interested in this position that seems like your company is hiring for SDR role. Love to learn more about it. It would be very important, you know, to see how your experience of it has been. And then, do you mention, you think, right in that first message, the the referral thing, you know, potentially, if I'm a good fit, it could lead to a yeah. referral bonus? You can just be very yeah, straight. Not? Yeah. yeah
1: I, I, just say, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they might not get a referral, but just say you know, you can even put it as a joke at the end of it and say, you know, who knows, you might be able to get a referral bonus from our conversation, which gives them uh, incentive to speak. So I think um always, especially in SDR positions, you know, you want to look for the next steps and those would be the next steps. It's like, let's have a conversation and here's the incentive uh, for you. What's in it for me? You know, you might get a referral out of this and uh, that would be great. And
0: in terms of when I'm actually having that conversation with SDR, right, uh, am I... Can you just add, recommend what would be some of the questions that I should ask that would make him feel confident in me being someone they would refer internally? Like, what how can I get? How can I set the conversation in a way that they would be comfortable making an internal referral to say their their supervisor?
1: Excellent. So I'm going to take this in two two directions. One from the job seeker's perspective, and one from the company's perspective. So from the job seekers' perspective, what companies are looking for, they're looking for experience rather than skill set. And what I mean by that, I mean, if you've had experience in a company like WalkMe, Riskify, Science, I'm just mentioning names here, those are the bigger names and the bigger companies here uh, that the HR people know uh, very well, and they know, okay, that's a good company, they had a good playbook for uh, SDR training, and I know that if I take someone from, from one of these companies, they would be pretty good. 90% of the time, people looking for SDR positions to enter are, are, are juniors. Yep. So you need to kind of tell them, listen, you know, although I don't have experience in SaaS, I do have sales experience and I, I you know, I'm very good at opening doors And I'm good at technology. I understand Salesforce. I've learned a little bit about outreach. Those are some of the tips that I was going to say, you know, study a little Mm. bit about outreach, Salesforce, and the technologies that you need to use in your position before actually applying for a position. And then the second point is, is just make that person feel confident that that you're a good fit. Talk a little bit about your past and sort of what you've done in your skill sets. And maybe that will give you some leverage as well.
0: So would you recommend to the first ten minutes of Chris is just having hearing him asking him or her? What questions would you recommend I ask him or her in that position that that would be insightful? It would be similar to what I would ask a manager or well, what what's some of the questions you say? Okay, what kind of tools are you using? Or what kind of quota is being looked at? You know, how much of a playbook is in place? Like what are the things that, that you would recommend?
1: So I think that's like drilling really down into the fine details. I think the first and foremost stuff is um, when you're interested in a position, um, what you want to know is about the people, about the company and product, and about the position. So the people, you want to know who the management are. What, what What is it like to be managed by that person? What have you learned from that person? You know, what don't... What doesn't that manager want you to, what doesn't that manager want from his employee or her employee? And what is the company like? What is the culture like? How are the other people in other departments? And then finally, the product. Is it easy to sell the product? And then you can go into the granular granular points about the actual position. So what does the training look like? How long is the training? How long is the ramp up? Is it a two-week ramp up? Or is it something longer? What do the quotas look like? Have you achieved your quotas before? How many people on the team? Does everybody achieve quotas or is it only a few people that achieve quotas? Because if you know maybe one or two out of a team of 14 are achieving quota, then there's a bit of a problem with the quota. You, you want to have something that's achievable. Obviously, not, not too easy, but you want to have something that's achievable and that you can get to your quotas and the kpis are the kpis uh, reasonable you know how many emails do i need to send how many phone calls do i need to make to actually get opportunities is it easy to get an opportunity so those are some of the 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 questions that i would be would be asking in, in, in that conversation
0: amazing and at the end of that first conversation you you feel that if there's a fit you'll ask them to refer you internally ideally
1: yeah, I'd ask them if they're comfortable in referring, uh, referring uh, me. If, you know, I feel confident that I've sold myself to that person, then I'm sure they should feel confident to, to sell um, you to the HR. So
0: I'll, I'll share with you, this is, we're going to get, we're going to get back to where we we're, I just want to give you a little, <laughs> a little caveat here of, of my experience. And when I, close friend of mine who was in uh, real estate, he sold financial services to real estate uh, uh, investors and he asked one of his investors to give him a recommendation at the end of a successful exchange. And these, uh, this investor said that, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really an individual who does, uh, uh, I do improvements, not ground up operations. So send me the, the everything, the, write me the recommendation you want me to, to share. And I'll make some improvements on it, right? So basically give me the template already done of what you want me to say and now I'll just make some little adjustments. So what would you recommend to make it as easy as possible for some to, someone to internally refer you? What are some of those key elements that should be ready to share um, for the internal referral that you've seen has success?
1: Yeah, so I think number one is your LinkedIn and your CV. So make sure that your LinkedIn and your CV correlate. So you give them both your LinkedIn and your your CV. That's the first thing, and do a little cover letter about some of your achievements, about who you are, and why you think you'd be good at that position. And I think that that helps get you in the door. You know, dear hire, uh, dear hiring manager, my name's Bob. I've been doing this in the last couple of years. I really believe that um, I can give added value to your company by doing ABC. I'd be interested in the position and interested in having a conversation with you, something similar to that.
0: Okay, beautiful. So, can we drill down a little bit on that CV for a second? Because that's sure. a, or the LinkedIn profile. What do you see is like a format that really works well? Right? Are we do we see like main bullet points on top of, of relevant skills? do you see like what are the if for an SDR for example position right what do you want to make sure is highlighted on that resume and the structure of the resume that you found has been most effective in getting people
1: to the interview stage okay so there's the two factors the one with people that have experience in saas and the people that don't have experience yeah. in saas if you have experience in saas that needs to be bold there's two keywords saas and b2b those always fly very well. So if you've got SaaS um, experience and B2B, that's a a bonus. If you don't have SaaS, but you have B2B, put that in. Um, If you've got B2C and SaaS, just put that in. Make sure that you have either the B2B or the B2C and the SaaS in. Uh, A lot of companies today won't take you if you don't have SaaS. So it's it's, it's a big challenge. So how do you go about... Getting, um, getting noticed and, and stand out uh-huh. is put in those bullet points like you mentioned. So, you know, I, w- I worked at an uh, auto sales depot and um, I was selling this and put in numbers. Numbers are always a killer. People love seeing numbers. You know, I killed my quota by 150%. My quota was $150,000 a month. And I actually was selling, you know, 225000 something like that. Uh, that always does the job well. When people see overperformers and see that you're uh, mm. excited and that you have overachieved they'll definitely take the time to speak to you. It, it, it's
0: funny you mentioned this example. There was there was someone that I was just coaching recently who got his first job in in SaaS sales, and they hired him because he was very successful at running a certain store, a, a camping goods store, right? Wow. He had his own store, right? And then Corona came yeah. and and just obviously destroyed the business. Obviously. Because and and I said to them, you know, I want to be honest with you. Just the fact that you ran a camping goods store successfully does not mean that you could be very successful in selling a SaaS product. Because you're coming in if it's you know a lot of what we're dealing with is is we're doing a lot of this proactive outreach in the BDR role. We don't have people coming into our store. It's not inbound sales. Very rarely, again, if you're in a BDR role, you're definitely you're going out and actually finding those individuals and most of the time you're, you're shooting things without getting a response back and right? you don't have that market doesn't have that direct conversation where you can see their body language like you would be in the store so identifying these skills like i think like you're sharing that are relevant across the they they correlate to what would be relevant to a SaaS product like i've done the research on the technology use i've gotten some maybe some basic certification and some of these tools so you know that i'm aware of them i have experience with some cold outbound. Uh, calling cold calling even if it was in a non-SaaS um, product but the skill sets of what it means to actually you know proactively reach out to do business rather than we in for inbound business it would be right. really crucial to highlight
1: right 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 I actually have one or two companies that have said to me listen you know we don't care about the SaaS you know this is very rare these are very rare companies but they say we don't care about the SaaS what we want to see is that, number one, they have sales experience. Number two, they're a little bit competitive. So if you see um, you know, somebody that does sports, right, that does yep. competitive sports, you know that that person is going uh, to do pretty well. And the third and most important thing is that you have at least a little bit of experience with a CRM, like Salesforce or NetSuite or Sugar or something like that. Microsoft Excel, put your technological abilities in the, your capabilities in the CV as well. That's very, very important. So somebody who's not looking for SaaS, what they would look for is if you have sales experience, if you're competitive, and if you have techni- technological abilities.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So if, if for those people who have considered to do competitive sports, now's the time if you have a break. <laughs> <Pick> up, <laughs> yeah. pick up it's time to get that bel- black belt you were looking for. You know? the, <laughs> exactly, time. It's like, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's time to get it. You know, uh, time to get it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. So interesting. So so let's imagine then we go through this process, and I think people who are listening they really need to get the beauty of this process. You're 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 essentially going to the person that is going to be. a uh, You know, he's going to be um, your companion, right? So he's going to work side by side with you, the company, see if you can build rapport with them. And then ask them for internal referral upstream to the, to the hiring manager, the HR, have your LinkedIn and, um, and CV ready, uh, education. Just curious, where is it? Where do you see is the importance of education college for a sales role? Do you see people putting a lot of value in that currently, or, 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 things are changing uh, in your mindset about the value people placing on American, say university, unless it's you now say Harvard or something.
1: Exactly, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. Uh, universities and colleges are not so important um, unless it's one of the uh, elite uh, universities. If you have been in one of those elite universities, then you can put it on, uh, put it on there, and, and highlight that. Uh, but I don't think that it has. Uh, too much of a play in applying for a position today i think the most important thing um, which is the biggest challenge is experience that's yeah. what everybody's looking for experience 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 and uh, once they see that you've passed all the marks
0: got it. gotcha have you have you recommended individuals to just find some really really early stage startup in a SaaS product that's really underdeveloped and say, look, I'll come, I'll, I'll wash the floors and then make calls in the evenings." So have you had those recommendations in the past to people of uh, just find, just anything you can do to get that experience, just go and get it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the main thing that I say to people, especially new or that are coming to the country with, uh, you know, they're very excited and they want to get in that first job. I'm like, listen, go in there. Just, just you want to get your foot in the door do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door and from there you can grow. You know, you get success stories of people that have come to Israel that already have an education and they start off in, in, in an SDR position and they grow to become, you know, great SDR managers. So there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of success stories like that. And I do recommend people just get in the door. All you need to do is get your foot in the door. It's easier said than done, um, but you need to... Uh, in order to do that, you need to network. So, yeah. Have you have you seen how, Is
0: there um, a story or a person that comes to mind that really exemplified for that? Don't share his name or her name, but that when you look back and say, like, that person really did something that was really interesting or really d- different in order to get that first opportunity again get in the door?
1: Yeah, I know somebody, um, and, and I kept on recommending him uh, because he, he really stood out to me as somebody who's got a lot of potential. Uh, This guy came to Israel, didn't know many people, I think was from the UK, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't know too many people. The first thing he did, got onto LinkedIn and started networking with people and talking with people and commenting on their posts. And then he started doing, um, I'm not sure if it was podcasts or something like that and and, and speaking to these people and got really interested in what they were doing. And this guy, he started going forward and people were interested to talk to him and they wanted to have him uh, on board. So this guy showed a lot of interest in other people, what other people were doing and what these positions were about. And he actually thought, okay, if I'm interested in it, I may as well do a podcast and I may as well broadcast it on LinkedIn. And he yes. broadcasted on LinkedIn and people started following him and people Correct. started liking him and leaders and managers started commenting on his posts and they started referring him it was, it was phenomenal. I think it's a personal brand. Uh, personal brand is is a big thing as well in networking. Is building your brand, commenting on other people's posts that interest you, and posting interesting stuff as well. Yeah, it's.
0: Yeah, you know, I think those individuals who are hearing that are saying, "like I'm not comfortable doing that," or that doesn't feel right for me, then I I wouldn't say that's not then that maybe the sales profession is not necessarily the right place to right. be, but. It, there's a direct correlation between feeling comfortable interrupting people, right? <laughs> or <laughs> busy people or, or using the really- social selling and being successful in our in our profession. And it's not, I'm not going to say a person has to be an extrovert to, to do this work, mm-hmm. but person because there's plenty of great salespeople who are introverts, but you have to express curiosity and, and have a certain degree of just genuine interest in the positions uh, and people so exactly like you said it's a, it's a really great 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 piece of advice so individuals mm-hmm. who are let's imagine now they're going to the next stage okay they they got accepted for that first for that first stage of that interview process uh talk to me a little bit about what what does that look like what is what should they be aware of what does the process typically look like for that first stage
1: Okay, so, so the interview process is typically as follows. So there's usually three or four stages to an interview in any company for SDRs. It can vary. Sometimes it's pretty quick. Sometimes it's uh, pretty slow, depending on how many candidates, depending on what the company is, what the position is, yep. whether it's inbound, outbound. But usually the first interview is going to be with you, the hiring manager. So you'll have, first of all, you'll have a call. They'll pick up the phone. They'll call you, give you a phone call interview just to quickly understand who you are, um, if you're uh, a likable person. And then after that, they would invite you, well, I would say into the office, but now it's on Zoom to have a face-to-face meeting. Um, So maybe that's even cut out. So that phone call would probably, might even be a first uh, Zoom meeting. Uh, Then after that, usually they ask you to do a, a demo, or some sort of a presentation so that they can understand your presentation skills, your technical abilities. There is also in that interview, it could be in that interview or a following interview, usually with um, another manager, maybe a VP or a C-level person sometimes in that third interview. And the fourth and final one is usually with HR. Okay. So HR gives a, kind of gives a sign-off. And then the final stage of the interview process is to get references and um, and go through that. So there's three to four steps.
0: Can you let's uh, can we break those down just just to get a sense of like the inside what what's happening behind the scenes from the mindset of the HR individual of the hiring process behind the scenes, and how can we uh, understand kind of that buying process, right? What's what's happening on, the, on that side?
1: You're taking me back uh, back years ago where I was. Uh, you know, sales manager. And I was doing this a lot of times, you know, been through this process so many, so many times. Right. So usually what's happening behind scenes is, you know, I'll, I'll, let's say I'm the sales manager. I'm the hiring manager. I'll pick up the CV. I'll take a look at it. And and don't forget those people are looking through hundreds of CVs a, a day. And it's just the way you stand out. You need to have certain keywords that are going to push you out there. So that SAS, that B2B, and numbers are gonna push you out there and make you stand out from the rest. As soon as you have that, I'll take a look and say, hey, this is interesting, this guy sold a lot. Okay, let me give this guy a call, pick up the phone. And what I'm gonna be asking is just a very brief overview to get to know that person and kind of get a feeling for their personality over the phone, or I guess through, through Zoom, is what is this person and do I see myself working with this person in the future if I'm the hiring manager? So I'd be asking them questions like tell me a little bit about yourself, about your experience, about your hobbies, what you like doing, and why why do you want to work with uh, why do you want to work with us? And, and what's the added value that you can bring to the table? So if they pass all those checks and I and I really like it, I'm gonna take them to that second stage and say, okay, the so next stage. Be, so, be, so before yeah. we go
0: to the second stage, can you talk through some of the buzz? Are we just reusing some of those buzzwords in the in the uh, Ah, uh, CV in that point? Is that what we're trying to do? Are we trying to just when he asks you, Alex, why, you know, what what do you why would you want to work here? Are you there highlight, you know, do you want to do the research and say those two, three things about their value proposition? Are you trying to highlight, I spoke to the SDR person on the NU team and he mentioned X, Y, and Z about the, the management. What do what do you recommend most at that stage to highlight in that say 15-minute conversation?
1: Cool. So Any interview process, treat it like a sales process. So think about it that uh, basically everything is sales, as we know uh, today. Now you're selling yourself and you want to get to the the end of this. So what are you going to do in order to sell yourself? You don't want to oversell yourself. You don't want to oversell yourself and you don't want to undersell yourself. What you're essentially doing is, yes, you're going over your CV and your LinkedIn and you're presenting and portraying it in a sellable way. So... You're gonna say, "Listen, you know, this is what I've done in the past. I, um, I I was a salesperson at this company. This is how I did it. These are the interesting things that happened. This is how I overachieved. This is all. because the the hiring manager wants to understand your work ethic. They want to understand your personality, and they want to understand the challenges that you had within that uh, within that organization. Sometimes you don't want to bring up. You can bring those challenges up." Uh, but it's not, unless they ask for it, don't bring them up, but, you know, have answers to those challenges um, for, for your conversation. But yes, you're going over your CV and your LinkedIn and you're selling yourself. So you're going over those points and what you did. And again, how you can bring value to this position. And what
0: pieces of research should we bring about highlighting when I say, when I ask, why would you want to work here? What what, what do you want to highlight there in
1: that moment? So, So definitely, definitely, definitely read about the company, read about some of the people. Maybe you might know some of the people and try and find out who the manager is. Well, if that's the manager that you're going to work with, you might even know people that have worked for that management. So do some research and speak to those people and try and understand their management style. You know what? And also come prepared with questions to ask them as well. It's very important, not just for, the interviewer to ask the questions, you should also ask questions. Okay, you know, what do you expect from me? What is your expectations from an employee? And sometimes you can even ask, um, you know, what are the next, you know, definitely ask what the next steps are, but be proactive. Has the company got funding? Be interested in that company. Be interested in the position. How many people are the team? Are they getting to their quotas? What are the biggest challenges you're having now in the organization? So don't obviously don't ask too many questions, but ask one or two essential questions at the right time. So you know at the end, if they say, do you have any questions, say, yes I just got a couple of questions. You know funding is very important to understand. Number two, has the team been achieving, and what are the main challenges do you see um, as an SDR or in this position? Those are very good questions to ask.
0: Can you explain why funding is so important? At that stage?
1: Yeah, I think, look, when you get an SDR position, I always say that people don't look for a job, look for a career. So you want to go to a company and you don't want to be there in three, four months later, and not because of you, the company goes out of business financially, or, you know, suddenly COVID comes along the line and and you don't have any customers. Um, But if they have a backing, and if they've been funded, then you know that they've got a lifeline of, at least another, I don't know, 12 to 18 months or something like that. So it's important to understand sort of what funding they have. And it also gives the company credibility. So you understand that, yes, okay, these people have invested in this company. They're great investors. They've invested in A, B, C, D, E, other companies that you know. So it gives them credibility and it makes you feel a bit more comfortable that you're going into into a good company. Now, on the other hand, you could be going into a smaller startup. And they are looking to get funding. They're just about to get funding. And they'll tell you that, listen, we don't have funding, but we're about to get funding. And what we need to do is to get a couple of sales. And this is why we're bringing you on. So that's great. Okay. But then you can ask them, let's say, um, I mean, it's not a good question to ask, but you need to think about it. Let's say if I don't bring any leads and we don't make sales for the next six months, is the company still going to continue? That's something that you need to think about. I wouldn't ask it uh, because that doesn't show greatly upon yourself, but think about it. So it would
0: bring. It's funny, when I was in my first call with my hiring manager, what I did is I looked at his past history, and I just saw that he just joined Bring three months ago or four months ago from a different company, and did some research in the company. and And part of what I mentioned was that on the call. I said, "Look, I meant I I saw." You just joined Bring. What are some of the reasons why you left that other company to join here? And I think he That's
1: a great, great question. So,
0: he, and what I found jumping off of what you're saying about research is that I think that the uh, the company will appreciate knowing that you've done these, you know, the, this research, either in the higher manager or you know how much money they've raised. And you can reference those in the question you're asking it to get more, a little bit, not just what's available publicly, but saying, like, let me, under, now I, I did some research around. You raise five million dollars. You know, what's you know, is that the, the is the goal there to basically bring on more SDRs? Like you can mention something that's public knowledge and then leverage and into the conversation exactly like like you're you're saying, because that's gonna give Absolutely. them a sense of this person knows how to prospect. Like he understands, you know, he's gonna he did it to me what what I want them to do to others
1: absolutely, absolutely, 100% agree with you. And, you know, that's also part part of the interview process is sometimes the HR won't get back to you after a week and they want to see how long it takes you to get back. You know, some people are sending emails every day, phoning every day. I mean, that's not the right attitude to have. You've got to give the company a chance, but at least you need to understand what the process is and follow that process. So if you haven't heard back from them within three days and they told you they were going to get back to you within three days... On the fifth day or the fourth day, I would, you know, send an email. Hey, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to hear back from you within the, the three days. Could you tell me what, yeah. what the next steps are? Love it, love it. And, and so, so you're actually doing you're actually doing your job in the interview process.
0: So, so let's imagine that that first phone call interview is finished, right? Uh, is there an, do you send an email after that do you thank the person for their time do you do key learnings what what what's the best practices there do you, or do you say look let me you know let's just wait and see what the next stage will be
1: so i uh come from zimbabwe a british colony and we're usually very pr- polite people um so i i i just think it's respectful to say thank you for that time um, and you look forward to hearing about the next steps and you're excited to work with them I think it shows a bit of uh, respect and I think it does help in, in, in some ways. So moving on to the next stage.
0: So the individual next stage would be say the assignment, right? Typically they'll say like find that target client, create an email template, maybe what will be the cold call sound like. Can you give a little insight into how you would handle handle that stage?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So definitely uh, that was one of my uh, one of my uh, suggestions is research and learning. So learn as much as you can about the company and their prospects and take a look, always take a look at the case studies on the pages. And you Great. can understand yep. on the case studies you can understand who the persona is that they're reaching out to. So always somebody who's vouching for that company let's say it's the CMO, you know that the CMO is their target audience because that's the that at the end of the day, that person is using the product and they're talking about it and they're championing your product. So you want to know when you come in and do a presentation and they ask you, okay, please find, go into like these three companies and find me the right personas. If they tell you to find the right personas, you know from the case studies that the CMO and the marketing team would probably be the right personas to reach out to. Uh, so do your research, and if you have questions on the on the actual presentation and the project, ask them. Ask them as much as you need to ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions about uh, the product. You know, I, I had I'll give you an example. I had one company. They gave an assignment of a content writer to an SDR person. Okay. And that person did the content right. <laughs> they, did the, they, they did the assignment. Um, they didn't actually go back and say, uh, uh, you know, maybe this is uh, not the right assignment I should be doing. I just want to confirm. But they did that. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, just to say, you know, that they're doing everything. But didn't really do the research. She, she you know, she, she continued to do the process. Uh, I, so I, I, I had a certain acquaintance.
0: He got sent an offer for uh, uh account uh, uh for for a copywriter instead of for the sdr you got the actual <laughs> offer letter was that's nice. like, like i don't see the commission what's, structure
1: <laughs> yeah what's going on here like uh, i applied for an sdr and i got the copywriter position you know great i got time. i got a position but you know <laughs> what just, do I just make <laughs> just make sure that you understand the assignment and don't be afraid to ask questions. It's, it's very important that, you know, you're clear on the, on the assignment and, um, you can do it as well as possible.
0: Awesome. And, and then let's, so ask questions, look at the case studies. I think just, these are, these are just massive gifts that you've given to anyone who's listening because it makes the job much simpler and much clearer. And you would reference that, uh, you know, I, I. I, I recommended a certain person I was I was mentoring. I, I hope you like the suggestion. I said to him, when you when you do on a call call, you can try to find the biggest competitor of your of their current client, and you would reference that on the call call and say a demo like, look, we're reaching out to you because our we work with X Y and Z competitor in your space, and we thought this would be a, a beneficial to a solution for you as well. All right, so Thank that's. So you know, not only when you look at those case studies, don't look just at the. In addition to looking at the uh, the the ideal customer profile, also look at who is the company actually that's recommending, and see find their main competitor and use that as a leverage.
1: So again, you you know these these uh, presentations, they're not about getting the presentation right. No. The what they want to understand is what you were thinking about and your thought process into actually pushing this through so if you did your research they're going to see hey this guy did his research you could do the totally wrong presentation and go for the totally wrong persona but you did your research and you understood and the process looked correct if that's okay then you know you you have a, a high uh possibility in, in still going forward even though it was wrong
0: uh, we had um, a question that somebody reached out to me with. He said, you know, I keep getting to the stage of, you know, I do a demo and I'm in the last stage and it's between me and another person. And when I get, and I pick the other person because they say they have more um, industry relevant experience, right? That's, that's, that's something that we see has happened to several individuals that I've been, I've been mentoring. How do you address that? Do you proactively try to address that in, uh, say you have the SaaS experience you have, but you don't have that specific vertical. Do you, would you proactively say, look, I know I don't have this vertical experience, but I have X, Y, Z uh, history of learning new verticals. Like what, what, how would you address that objection?
1: Objection handling. So that's great. If you do get an objection from the, from the company, a rejection letter, usually it's very standard uh, yep. rejection. And even if you reply 90% of the time, they don't really respond to you. They've kind of, you know, write r- written you off. And that's it. So I, and that usually comes from the HR, by the way. So I would, you know, either write to, if you have the details of the hiring manager, not the HR, and just kind of thank them once again for their time and say that, you know, you're you're upset that you didn't get the position because you do believe that you can give value in X, Y, and Z and show the value by saying I overachieved in this industry. I came to this company. I didn't have any knowledge on this industry. I learned it. I learned from my peers and I became the best in what I do. And I believe I can be the best in what I do in your organization too. I think cross industry is not a big problem. The biggest problem is the SaaS. If you come from like an automotive industry or you come from an analytics industry or you come from cyber, I don't think it really it matters and I haven't never really, I have really come across the industry problem a lot. Sometimes in cyber, they talk about like, say, look, we really need to, somebody to have some knowledge in the cyber industry. And um, if you have a little bit of knowledge in cyber, I think that you can get those positions. But if that objection comes up, again, you can refer to your past position and say, listen, I didn't know about analytics. I came in here and I learned about analytics and I became the top SDR. I believe I can replicate what I did in this company Beautiful. in your company as well. Beautiful. Let's
0: move towards that, say, the last stage. So you've done, the, you've done the demo, and then it's going to be the HR interview. What's the point of the HR interview? Are there red flags in that HR interview that needs to be handled? What should we be expecting?
1: So the HR interview is mainly for personality and understanding that you can actually handle the position and how you're going to fit in with the culture of the organization. So, you know, they're not going to ask you about numbers and how did you sell this. They're probably going to ask you, why did you leave your last company? What were your challenges in your last company? They're going to ask you more HR questions in, in, that, uh, in that session. And you should be prepared by 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 understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and how to go about addressing a question, talking about your weaknesses and your challenges to placing it in the best uh, best particular way especially if you left the company why did you leave that company or if you were told to leave that company you know how can you position that uh in a positive way
0: so can you give an example of what that could sound like in an interview
1: sure so um i mean let's let's talk about like challenges so if somebody said to you okay what was the the challenges with your last manager? What are some of the challenges that you had with your last manager? And you can say, you know, my manager was very process-orientated and I'm not somebody that's uh, so process-orientated. I'm just uh, part of, uh, I like to get the numbers done. I like to get my my numbers. And I'm not so interested in the actual process behind it. I'd rather get to my numbers and and do my KPIs uh, instead. And then what you can say to them is that, Even though my manager said something that I disagreed with, I did go with what he said, and I did according to uh, what he said, even though I disagreed. And a couple of months later, I came back with data to my manager and I said, Listen, you know, I, I didn't agree with you in the beginning, and I told you that I didn't agree with you in the beginning. And but I did what you said because you're my manager, and here's the data why I think this is not working. And this is how I would suggest we change it. What are your thoughts? So you're not just saying negative and saying, I don't like the way that my manager was managing. What you're saying is, I didn't agree with my manager, uh, but I did go with what he said, because at the end of the day, he's my manager and he he probably knows more than me and he knows the direction to take. So I I did go in those steps. But what I did was I took the data after three months and I came back and I said, look, this is the reason why it's not working. And I gave him my suggestion to why I think we should change. So you're not showing that you're an arrogant person. What you're showing is that you're understanding, and that yeah. you understand you understand a little bit about what your manager is doing, and and you respect them. But you also want the posters to work right, and you think that it will work right. It,
0: it, if a person has been, say, fired from a position, right, and let's say COVID was not the reason, how do you how do you address that issue? Is, you know, how would you make sure that that doesn't reflect badly on you as a as a person who applies? Because COVID could, of course, be saying, "Look, we just, you know, our industry as a, industry as a whole was hurt, and then there were cuts being made, and you know, they took out the entire SDR team." Okay, fine, that's a reasonable. But if a person was fired because of uh, other reasons, right? So uh, they didn't perform off the quota. What would be the? What, how would you address that objection?
1: So that's a very very tough objection to handle. Again, when you when you go um, when you come up against that objection, say okay, so why did you leave? And say you know, well, um, I left because um, I you know you can't tell them I didn't get to quota, and I and I wasn't uh, I wasn't a good salesperson for the last three months. I didn't get to quota. You don't want to bash that company. Never say anything negative about that company because that looks uh, that looks very bad. What you need to say is something like you know, it wasn't a good fit for me because of the reasons A, B, C, and D, and those reasons could be, um, you know, I am um, not so good in the area of uh, analytics, for example. Um, I wasn't good in uh, following up, but I've learned a lot about following up now, and I think I can take a lot of those lessons that I learned from my past position and put them into this position um, right now. If you have a look at the job before I had this position, you know, I was there for two years. This job I was only here for four months. You can see that I I performed uh, very well in my previous position. So you should always look at the position before that, unless you have a bad track record of like three months, three months, three months, that that doesn't look good and it would be very difficult to find a job. But if you have a track record of, let's say, two years, three years, and then three months, and you got let off after three months for some reason, then you can actually say, listen, take a look at my experience before this. I was really good at what I did this past job, it just, didn't, it just wasn't a good fit. And I think it was because of A, B, C, and D. So bring up what you think it was because of and say what you can improve and and, and, and reflect the, the previous job before that. That's just a suggestion I have.
0: Amazing. Amazing. That's a great suggestion. Can, can you talk a little bit uh, um, about an individual who's trying to transition from, say, an SDR role into an AE role without having AE exper- experience. Because that's something that we <laughs> see happens a lot in companies and SDR is in the position say, and, and, and the, the background behind the question is that, you know, a, a company starts getting their ROI back on SDR after, say, maybe six months or five months, because he's, he's finally good at what he does, he's, he has his knowledge of the product. And, you know, after that, six months later, you know, he wants to move up to an AE role or how does that transition actually happen?
1: Fantastic. Okay. So when you come into an organization, you should also ask about uh, the career plan and the growth plans. Um, and that's also an awesome, That's also a question you can ask in an interview. Um, it's like, what is, the, what is the growth plan? You know, I'm coming here. I don't want just a job. I want a career. What does it look like two years along the line? Um, if I'm doing well, if I'm crushing my numbers, is there is there a chance of growth in the organization? And how many people have grown in the organization? You can ask that. That's actually a very good, uh, very good question to ask about internally internal growth. Companies will not take people that don't have account executive position uh, experience before. So if you're, account, if you're an SDR and you wanna go and interview in another company for an account executive position, 90% of the time, they won't take you because they want account executive, they want closes, And they'll say, okay, this person's done SDR, they've done the introduction part, the qualification, but we want closers who've actually done the whole cycle. Uh So my suggestion is stay within your organization and understand what the growth opportunities are there. So if you can speak to your manager, don't expect after six months to be promoted. After a year, when you have your year review, you can then go back and say, what are the expectations within the next year? And what are the growth possibilities? Because people want... You to come in and do SDR. They don't want you to come in and say, get my foot in the door and go to an AE. I want you to do an SDR. I want you to do two years minimum of doing that SDR and then you can grow. So have patience in order for, for, uh, to, to grow within an organization and find out what the process is and make it clear to your boss and to HR that in the future you'd like to grow. So, but just don't make that a six month plan or a one year plan. Look at a two year plan at least. Um, and have patience for that and and put that subconsciously in your mindset is that I'm going to be doing this for two years, whether I like it or not, I'm going to be sitting doing SDR and I'm going to kill it. And once I've killed it, I can prove it and say to my managers, listen, I'm, I'm I'm killing it here. And it's going to be difficult for your manager to let you go, but a good manager will want to promote you and want to see your growth within the organization because it's good for the organization. Amazing.
0: So we, we've covered a lot we talked about networking, we've talked a about doing the research and obviously at, at the core of everything is not giving up and staying positive, right? Because there's going to be a Absolutely. lot of rejection. W- what is one quality that you see individuals who are applying for jobs currently that they're doing wrong? What's what's one thing that they're really doing wrong and they need to stop right away?
1: So I think I'm going to tell you what, what they're doing wrong and I'm going to give a, um, something which I think that they should be doing. Okay. Now, what people are doing is to get into an SDR position, they go to a jobs website or they go to multiple headhunters or they go to different companies and they say, okay, these 50 companies are hiring for SDRs. And they apply to all 50 of those companies at the same time. They just send their CV, same copy and paste that message and send it to all 50 companies and just see what comes. So they're basically throwing out a net and seeing what they catch. My suggestion is, Take a look at three companies, okay? Three companies that you want to be you know, that you want to get into. Start the interview process. Send out your CV either through a headhunter or directly, uh, or, or through a referral within that company, and then get the feedback in order to learn for the next interview. If you didn't do well in that one, then go to the next one. But don't just do uh, don't massively send out your CVs to hundreds of companies. It doesn't work. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. And the good, the good thing is, is be persistent. Is is like make sure you're persistent, and just keep keep positive.
0: I love it, uh, Hildon. Just uh, as our last question, what is what was one way that we as a community could help, and how can you help the community?
1: Fantastic. So I think the community that we have is phenomenal. Um, so you and Ilana doing a phenomenal job here. I think getting everybody together getting high profiles, getting low profiles and helping people assist each other, tips, um, giving tips to the community. It's very, very important. Uh, the way I can help is obviously from a professional perspective, from hiring perspective. If there's anything that people need, um, you know, either from hiring or for tips that I can give people to get into jobs. And obviously if they want to send a CV to me and I can send it to companies, I'm happy to do that as well. But keep up the great work, guys. It's, it's, it's phenomenal that we have such a community that exists in Israel. And I think that it's very powerful and it will continue to grow. And we'll see a lot of fruits coming out of this.
0: Thanks, Hilton. This is our 60-second recap of a conversation with Hilton Burke. When reaching out for an SDR or AE position, identify a future colleague in the organization, a fellow AE or SDR, and reach out to them. See if they can give you 10, 15 minutes to see if the company is a good fit for you and if they could internally refer you to the company. Number two, make sure that your resume highlights the skills that are most necessary for an SDR. You have to have experience. If it's not SaaS experience, there should be experience in being able to be competitive and have some sales enablement CRM experience. And number three, it's really rough to find your first AE position. So try to get promoted up with the the company where you're working to an AE role before trying to apply for an AE position outside of your organization. This week, reach out to Hilton Burke, say hi to him. If you're looking to get a job in the industry or get some advice, reach out to him directly. In terms of for sales lift, If you're new to SalesLift, reach out to Ilan or myself and say hi. Tell us what you thought about the episode and any other future topics you want to make sure that we cover. Thanks.